What I want to share as my biggest point, and this may not be what you'd expect to hear or maybe what you even want to hear, but my biggest advice to you is to not hesitate to lower the bar. Welcome to Healthcare Professionals Mindset Magic, where we celebrate and appreciate our frontline workers, share stories, struggles, and successes, and focus on our mindset with where we are, where we want to go, and how we can get there, all by unlocking the power you already have. Hello, hello, and welcome, friends. Welcome back for those of you doing this in chronological order, and welcome if this is your first time. So, As you can probably gather from the headline of this podcast, today we are going to be tackling the subject of homeschooling and specifically homeschooling as healthcare professionals with uh, shift work or off shifts or odd shifts or having to be a little more creative with solutions to homeschooling our children. Now, Whether you have chosen to homeschool or have been homeschooling for a while, or this is something you've been thrown into, may not have been your first choice. Maybe it's something that you're doing um, out of necessity or because of how things are right now, or maybe it's something you just have no interest in even doing, but it's just the way things are. So this is not the anticipated topic for podcast episode two here but it's where we are. It's the time of year that things get thought about. And we're just going to, we're going to dive in, give you some practical, actual, helpful information. And this is going to be more geared towards people who have not previously homeschooled. So this is something that we've been doing for a little while now. And I want to just give my most practical tips and also share that that with you because this can be a burden, especially when you weren't planning on it. So It can be a lot to take on. It can feel very overwhelming, whether you plan to or not. And this is something that we can absolutely talk about and give some simple tips to try to make this this road smoother, try and pave the way a little bit, share some things that have and haven't worked for us. And you can learn from my mistakes, uh, save yourself some time and energy, and we can dive a little bit more into how to help make this work for you. So you'll hear a little bit more about our journey in homeschooling, and it's not that it wasn't without resistance, but it's a much different thing when you choose to homeschool than when you feel like your hand is kind of forced and you have to homeschool because of the current situation that we're dealing with with the pandemic, and maybe your school isn't open. Maybe your school is open, but you've chosen not to send the kids back yet, so There could be a lot of different scenarios here. You'll hear a little bit more about ours. One thing I want to stress is that there is more than one right way to homeschool. Do not get caught up in the fact that everyone loves what they're doing and the people that have their curriculum nailed down know what they're doing and are 100% confident in what they're doing. We're all just trying not to mess our kids up that much. So there are so many choices out there from the structure you choose, to the curriculum you choose, to the time of day you choose to homeschool. And there are so many fantastic benefits to homeschooling. Uh, But one of the first things that I want to share with you is that homeschooling is not recreating public school at home or private school at home. This is going to be the biggest way that you can save yourself stress, energy, completely unnecessary stress trying to recreate a school environment at home. One of the hugest differences 
is that homeschooling is so much more flexible and requires so much less time. In most cases, like if you're down at the kindergarten, first grade range of things, your homeschooling, you can do it in 45 minutes, an hour, hour and 15 minutes a day. And that doesn't all have to be in one spot, but you are not trying to, to fit in six to eight hours of school a day at home Monday through Friday. It, it is just a completely different animal. If you consider the time that in public school kids are going between classes or the teacher is quieting down a group of 25 kids or they are getting excited and not paying attention because it's almost lunchtime or they are all rowdy because they just came back in from recess and take all of that out and and realize that you're doing one-on-one instruction or one-on-two or three, depending on how many kids you have. You are not trying to recreate a classroom where you are teaching 25 different learners of 25 different speeds and learning styles and it will be that much more fine-tuned because of it. So realize that that huge block of time that a kid is in school is not necessarily what it's going to be when you recreate it at home. Now, when you're getting into the upper grades and high school ranges, that may be more, you know, multiple hours a day on work, but still probably a lot less than the standard eight hours that kids are in school. One thing I've really noticed, especially in some like homeschooling Facebook groups and things like that, is there seems to be kind of an us versus them mentality of the like, quote unquote, real homeschoolers that chose this path and the new homeschoolers who maybe are doing this because out of necessity, because they have to at this point. If you're a homeschooler listening to this, stop it. That's nonsense. We are all just trying to do the best we can for our families. So you are welcome to reach out to me anytime. If you have questions, if I can support you in any way, please let me know. I know that we are all just trying to do the best we can, whether you're choosing public school, private school, charter schools, online learning, homeschooling, unschooling, whatever your path may be, this is a no judgment zone. So the next thing I want to talk about is there's something called the the curriculum black hole, um, curriculum hunting black hole. Do not get lost there. This is your warning. You, There are so many different curricula to choose from that you could spend a month or more trying to figure out what curriculum to choose for your learners. Do you go with the same for everyone? Do you get three different ones? Do you have to get something where it's all inclusive or something where you have to supplement math and English in? I stumbled into a curriculum that I love for us for there there are grades pre-K through level four now, I believe. She's she's turning out new ones every year. Um, super inclusive, super diverse, lots of strong female characters in the stories that we read. It is literature based and then I supplement in math and English. But that doesn't mean that there aren't a dozen other curriculum that would work for us. So look through Maybe your maybe your school system is providing something as a guide for you to go by. Maybe you want to go out on your own. But if you find something that clicks or that looks really good to you, don't second guess yourself. Go ahead and commit to a curricula. And if it doesn't work, if all else fails, you can always switch it up. You know, halfway through the year, it's not going to ruin anybody. Pick it, go with it, have confidence in your decision, and commit to it. There are always going to be little things you don't like here and there. Even in the curricula we have that I love, there are certain books where I'm like, meh, or, you know, that one seemed weird or something like that. But you can omit, you can substitute, you can supplement. 
don't go crazy buying six different curriculum and then trying to trying to figure out what to do with them. All right, another quick tip, familiarize yourself with your state's laws. Some, you know, states can range from super, super lenient and flexible to super strict on homeschooling. And you need to find out where you fall. So your state could be someone that just requires you to check off what days they attended homeschool so that you have some kind of attendance record. Or you could have a state that requires annual testing and a portfolio of progress and things like that. So knowing that ahead of time, instead of having to play catch up after and figure out what's missing, will be a super big help to you. The next thing I want to talk about is that Online schooling is an option. Uh, One of the reasons that we chose homeschooling was because we wanted uh, more freedom of of movement and not to be tied down to a certain schedule and take time off when we wanted to. So online school wasn't something that we are looking at at this time, but it's not that's not to say it's not something we would consider down the road, especially in the higher grades when math is not my strong suit, guys. I do not love it. So when she's past first, second grade, I'm going to need some help in that in that front. So Don't be afraid to look at the public online school system in your area. Your state probably has something you may have already received information from them. They are churning it out like crazy now that everyone is considering staying home. So check out online schooling. Look at what the requirements are. Look at what the time commitments are. Sometimes kids will have to log in certain amounts during the day. And sometimes kids will just have to have a certain amount of work completed for the entire week. So Online schooling is an option if you don't feel like you want to worry about the curriculum or you don't feel like you can guide your student, your learner, as much as you feel that they're going to need. So that's absolutely a completely viable option. And this is going to be one of my last topics. And then I'm going to go into some of just the creative solutions that I sort of pulled some healthcare workers that homeschooled and asked what solutions they have been using to get creative, work around weird schedules, parents doing different things. So I'll share some of that with you at the end. But what I want to share as my biggest point, and this may not be what you'd expect to hear or maybe what you even want to hear, but my biggest advice to you is to not hesitate to lower the bar. I completely subscribe to changing expectations. We are still in a pandemic. Who knows when we will know what the new normal is. But right now, Everyone is figuring out everything that they have to do. We are making it through the summer. And if you had a learner who was in a school system and you're used to them being home for the summer, that's one thing. But you may not have had summer camps. You may not have had babysitters. You may not have had help from family that you usually have. And now you're going back into the traditional regular school year and you've got to figure out how to piece this all together. So we know the only consistent thing is change. And I'm here to tell you that for your mindset, for your mental health, it is okay to evaluate your expectations and go ahead and take those down a notch. You are only one person. If you are part of a a pair, a partnership that is schooling your children together, You are still only part of a pair or a couple, and you cannot do everything. If you are taking on homeschooling for the first time, and you are working, and you are a partner, and you are a parent, something is going to change. So whether that means that the laundry all gets saved up, or you wear something more than once, or people are not getting fresh home-cooked meals together every single day of the week, 
or your house is not as clean or you all just crash and go to bed instead of staying up for your usual Wednesday night date night. Whatever it is, it's okay to compromise. It's okay to just expect a little less in certain areas of your life. So you can go through this, look at what you want to accomplish, look at what your priorities are. And this is definitely a situation where you can say, I want my kid to pass second grade. I want my family to feel loved. I want the dog to pee outside. And I want to make it to work on time. And those can be your priorities. And if something else can't happen, if you can't make meatloaf from scratch and you end up ordering pizza, or if you have to make a chore chart for your family so that everyone is chipping in with cleaning the bathrooms and doing the laundry and everything that was your responsibility previously, that is perfectly acceptable. And it's a great example of teamwork and life skills. And you can even consider putting that in if you've got kids old enough to, and I mean, a six-year-old can help clean the bathroom. If you can work that into your schedule and into your family schedule, that they are taking on some of the cooking responsibilities, or instead of you having grocery shopping on your way home from work, your partner does the grocery shopping, or your kids start feeding the dogs. There are any number of things that can be worked into life skills as a subject of homeschooling that they can handle, that you can take off your plate. Delegating is absolutely an option. Now, I also want you to know that you're not going to mess your kids up permanently. I want to assure you of that. There is not enough that you could do in this attempting to homeschool that is going to mess them up permanently or not get them into college or anything like that. So you will be absolutely everything that they need. You you can definitely do this. We had a very interesting non-traditional first year of homeschooling. As you know, my mom was ill last fall. She passed away in September. We were intending to come home from a cruise in Alaska in August and start homeschooling from there. But while we were there is when she got sick. We immediately came home and drove up to Connecticut and with the stuff I had shoved into a suitcase, moved in with her, myself, my daughter, and our new puppy moved in with her and took care of her on hospice for the next month. And it was it was just not even on the table to consider starting our homeschool curriculum for kindergarten that had been so well organized and so well thought out and color coded and in folders. And we were all excited about it. It was not going to happen. So we focused on family we made that a priority. My daughter learned the numbers one through 20 from a hospital elevator. She also got socialization with her cousins. She learned a lot about pain management and anatomy and physiology and caring and caregiving. And those are things that I could never take back. I would never want to. I don't regret at all that she experienced that and learned things most five-year-olds would not have. So Maybe she was behind in knowing how to graph something out or being able to count by twos and fives, but she is ahead in so many other areas. So your kids are going to follow your lead. They're going to match your energy. And even if you miss things, even if things get left out, even if you're not sure, your kids are still going to learn. They're just innately 
sponges that are going to pick up information. And you know what? There are so many educational shows out there. Do not beat yourself up if your kid is learning something from TV. We have a wonderful app that is super educational. My kid is constantly spouting off facts that I just assume she got from that app because I didn't teach them to her. So she's learned, you know, spelling and counting from Team Umizoomi on TV. She has learned so much from Daniel Tiger that I'm not worried about her getting some screen time. And if you need screen time in your life to keep yourself sane and have a hot cup of coffee, then you go for it because you need to protect your mental space as well. So I mentioned that I had spoken with some healthcare workers and I reached out to a group of working moms, kind of pulled the healthcare workers in there, the people that did shift work, and asked how they got creative about homeschooling. So these are a mix of new and veteran homeschoolers. And there are some creative solutions that maybe because you've been so caught up in everything with how do I do this? How do I get things done? Where do I start? What's the right thing to do? It hasn't even crossed your mind to think about some of these things. So I just wanted to mention them. A lot of the moms who were working evening shift or night shift specifically night shift, they typically, and this is for more for kids that are slightly independent, this might not work for kindergarten level, but they would set their children up with either computer work or book work that they could do independently in the morning. Maybe this would be a great time to use the educational screen time that we talked about, but they would set their children up to work independently in the morning while they slept, and then they would tackle the together work, the stuff that might need more direction, more guidance after lunchtime when they woke up. Considering or even speaking with your management supervisor teams to see what options you have available to you, a lot of people talked about changing their shifts or stacking their shifts and maybe working every weekend so they have the weekdays off to homeschool or even going per diem PRN so that they could come in and work and still earn paychecks, but have a little more flexibility in their scheduling and be able to control their scheduling a a bit more. Another option might just be clumping your 12-hour shifts together so you have a block of days off, gives you time to recover and, and catch up on sleep and what you need to do, and then still have a couple of days where you can do a little bit more homeschooling. Something that we did a little bit and played with in our first year was doing it about three days a week. So you can, I mean, you can homeschool on the weekends, obviously. There's no nothing against telling you when what days of the week you have to homeschool. It doesn't have to be a Monday through Friday thing. But you can say, hey, we're going to go a little bit heavier on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday when I'm off of work. And then the rest of the days, I'll leave you a list, get done what you can. And you might find that that flexibility to go heavier on the days that you're able to and lighter on the days that you're not still accomplishes a good amount of work. Also know that especially for younger kids, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, independent play is really important into the, in their development. So you don't necessarily need to structure every minute of their day at home. They can get bored and then they can get creative. We had a period of time where screen time had gotten really heavy. I was leaning on it a lot and we started to see some behavior go downhill. So we really wanted to wean off and cut back on the screen time, have set limits and boundaries for that. And there was a period where there was some like withdrawals from the screen time, you know, temper tantrums, cranky attitudes from from everyone involved, not just the kid. And 
once we got through that period and she realized that she could entertain herself, she got very into arts and crafts. She got, she would love cutting and drawing and pasting and taping. And yes, I knew that it was going to be more of a cleanup afterwards, but I also knew that she'd be good for like an hour with a roll of tape and some scissors and lots of construction paper and drawing utensils and things like that. And you can go on sites like Teacher Pay Teacher and find free printables and free crafts and things that kids can do. And it's like no prep, low mess crafting. So we used that a lot and it came in handy a lot. She still does that. We have one big binder, like an accordion binder with a bunch of no prep, low mess crafts. And she can just pull something out of there, figure out the instructions and start getting crafting herself. And it's really hands off for me. That can come in really handy. Now we'll talk more about time blocking and working in your circle of genius and things like that when we get to that in mindset work. But something you can do to help set yourself up for success and not feel like this is running your life is to set aside prep time. Just like you would if you were doing meal prep and you want to give yourself the best chance of success of eating healthy throughout the week by prepping your meals on Sunday and either portioning them out or just having them there so that you can pull from them. Lesson prep and educational prep can be the same. So if you pull out the books you're you're going to be using that week, bookmark things, highlight things, make sure you have things, the, the things printed out that you need ahead of time. It'll keep you from feeling like you're bouncing back and forth from three different rooms of the house up to the printer, down to see if you have everything you need, going back to your curriculum to find out what page number you're supposed to be on. If you spend a half an hour on Sunday prepping for the week of homeschool or whatever day of the week works for you, it'll make things a lot smoother and actually take that all off your plate because you'll stay in the same zone of administering or helping or educating during the week instead of going back into prep mode and scrambling to find out where you left off. There were other families that were dealing with different situations for themselves because perhaps they in healthcare had a job and their spouse who was not in healthcare has been furloughed or is unemployed right now. So that parent who may not have been the primary parent or the parent that was home most or would have traditionally done most of those duties is actually taking on the role of becoming the homeschooling parent. So while they are home more, they're taking advantage of that and actually running the ship. So you can work together as a team to get this done. I've absolutely had to leave a list for my husband of the things I didn't get done during the day for any number of reasons. And he's perfectly capable of playing like alphabet go fish or reviewing sight words or simple math equations. He can he can help out with that. Absolutely. So there's nothing to say that this all has to be on you. It can definitely be a split role between both parents if there are two parents in the household. And if there aren't, there are plenty of online systems like OutSchool or tutors, babysitters, family, if you've got someone that you trust and and feel safe to have in the household, as far as social distancing stuff, you can definitely have someone else shoulder the responsibility. We had a babysitter pre-pandemic that would do all the art classes, all, all the crafts and arts and stuff like that, things that I am not a huge fan of. Um, that would that would handle all of that. And I considered her an integral part of our homeschooling journey. So it doesn't have to be traditional. You do all the work. You can absolutely farm out, outsource whatever you need to with whatever you have available to you. And if you need more resources, we can absolutely chat about that. 
Some parents that were polled that worked in an office setting as opposed to like a hospital setting were even able to work with their employers and talk about using a conference room as a classroom for older kids who were able to do more independent work, coming, bringing them into the office with them, and they could do the work throughout the day. Alternatively, having a sitter in the home and just calling into you if there were any questions or problems, but having that sitter administer some of the education. You can also consider almost like a split shift. You can do an hour of work in the morning and an hour of work in the evening, either with the same parent or with the other parent, thinking outside of the box, getting creative, and remembering that that those traditional restrictions of it's supposed to be Monday through Friday from eight to four are not there anymore. You get to make this up however you want to. We did a lot of our, our homeschooling on the road as we traveled, nature walks, Uh, finding shark teeth on the beach, traveling to Switzerland and learning all about the country that we were going to before we went to it. So there are lots and lots of options. Don't feel like you have to do things one certain way. So we'll go ahead and wrap this up here, guys. And I would love to hear feedback from you if there's something you tried that's working or something that you tried that's not working. I would also love if you leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it and let me know what you want to hear more of. But just remember that you will learn a lot from this homeschooling experience. Your children will learn a lot. They will learn independence. You will learn flexibility. They will learn flexibility. And it will really help them thrive in the future. So even if they're not learning the traditional things from books that you would expect, they are learning things from this experience. I'm really excited to hear how this year goes for you. I would love for you to shoot me an email at support at bridgetmetzgerharding.com and let me know about your homeschooling journey and anything else you'd like to hear about on the podcast. And I hope to have you tune in again next time. Thanks, guys.